Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It's Dr. Karina here. In today's episode, I am joined by the lovely Johanna Ashley. We have a beautiful conversation about classical Chinese medicine and in particular talking about the pulses, the mysterious realm of gathering information from feeling into a patient's pulse. We take a windy, gorgeous, free-flowing conversation that I think you're going to love. So let's get into it. Hello, Johanna. Hi, Karina. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm having a fabulous morning and uh, I'm thrilled that you are coming on today to talk about what we talk about, which I think is going to be pulses. Yeah. Yeah. Big topic. (laughs) Big topic. Big topic. And sometimes I just like to start by chatting to practitioners about their journey, you know, because I know I've heard you say a few times that classical Chinese medicine didn't really come across your radar until quite a ways into your career. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, where you started as a practitioner and then what your journey's been like since finding classical, if we could begin there. Sure. So I was very, very lucky in that I found Chinese medicine very young. Um, I was uh, 19 when I enrolled in my first course, um, which was a very funny story anyway. My auntie was determined to um, that that's what I should be doing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know anything about it. I'm not interested. You know, I was going to do naturopathy. And she's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so eventually she convinced me to go and re- watch her um, get a treatment and I rolled up there with my I was at that time enrolled in engineering um, and rolled up with my new scientist magazine under my arm (laughs) and um, and then just stood there with like my mouth hanging open like the whole time because I got hit by this like lightning bolt it was just like this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life and I was like Whoa. <laughs> okay. Oh. So then I enrolled in the course. I had never received acupuncture. Sorry about that. Um, okay. I'd never received it. I didn't really know much about it, but I just knew it was what I was supposed to do. So then, yeah, so I kind of graduated when I was about 22, 23, and moved up to the country um, in central Victoria. And I've been practicing here since then, so about 21 years. Mm. And I dabbled in all sorts of things. I was trying to find my thing, you know, my my little bit that uh, was always the more, it was always the older stuff that got me, always the this, this sort of more, um, the Chinese medicine that spoke to the spirit that really mm. kind of got me excited. And... Um, so I dabbled in five element acupuncture and I really loved that. And I thought, it, and that really um, opened up a lot of things for me. It was really great to have done that because it really prepared me for being so able to receive the classical uh, acupuncture. When I, I finally just said to the universe, okay, just send me the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> And like literally, it's so bizarre. But literally weeks later, I won a ticket to go to Anne Sinew's uh, workshop in Melbourne. Wow. And I hadn't actually never heard of her. I didn't know the book. I didn't know anything. I was like free PD, awesome. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, then it was, again, it was another one of those experiences where it was just like I felt like someone had spirit had picked me up by the head and plonked me there. I was like. This is the this is it. This is the teacher. This is the stuff. This is the this is the thing that really makes me my mm. heart. And then yeah. that's it really since then. That was about six years ago. Okay. Mm. Wow. What was your aunt's relationship to the medicine? She just always received acupuncture for her own health. Mm. And she loved it. And I don't know. I think she just saw something. She just must have known. Um, she ended up getting um, glioblastoma and um, she she died about 10 years ago. Wow. If I'm ever 
grateful for her for helping me along the way onto my path. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing because I got to go and treat her and, and and lie with her on the bed and just be with her through that time and have beautiful tools and a way to connect with her and help her through that process of dying. Mm. Yeah. What a gift. I know. For both of us. <laughs> yes. Yes, she must have just known, as you say, and and just thrust you into the spotlight so you could feel that message come in. I love that. I, I had such a visual of seeing you standing there with the magazine and some kind of intuitive Shakti spirit, whatever, just went this. And you went, okay, well, you've got, you've got my attention. I'll, 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 I say yes. <laughs> yeah, well, when you, when you get that, you're right. It's, it's indescribable and it's so clear. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no... There's no arguing. No, it's not. It's <laughs> destiny. We use that word a lot, but it's destiny, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think so. Like um, that natural unfoldment, right, of the next step. The next and I feel like, yeah, I feel like that thing that you've just described is what most people who are studying Chinese medicine are yearning for because there's some strong magnetism that brings all of us to the medicine and I'm not sure if this was the same for you, but definitely when I was studying, you're sort of, wait, you're sort of waiting for that, waiting for that really magical moment to happen. And it snakes around as you're studying because sometimes it just chips away at your spirit and you're not sure, you're not sure the power of acupuncture mm. and the confidence in the power of acupuncture, for me anyway, kept getting a little bit diminished as you're influenced by different teachers and influenced by um, just a very conservative approach, which I understand. Mm. But perhaps like you, now that I've been studying with Anne as well, the, the magic is back and it's stronger <laughs> than ever. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I was so lucky because my first course was at Victoria University and it was a course that's not been available um, you know, it closed down, unfortunately, but it was the only program that was acupuncture only for four years at the time. And, you know, my heart was saying it's got to be acupuncture. I'm not really interested in herbs at the time. And um, Harry Watson um, ran that course and he was the most, he, he was, you know, they wheeled him out in first year and he was just like so passionate and he just fired everyone up. It's like, Yes, 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 Chinese medicine's the best. <laughs> and um Peter Ferrigno was another lecturer that I had there, and he was just this little ball of passion and energy. And, and yeah, they were like little beacons along the way for me to, and I, I just knew. I, I mean, I think we all just know acupuncture is is really powerful. It is it, there is something there, and when before I found, you know, the compliment channels, I just knew that and I was so frustrated, you know, because I was like, I, I, and it wasn't like I wasn't helping people before I started practising this way. I was. Um, but it was like circling around, around and around, and I wanted to like, I knew that there was a way to get in deeper and then create more lasting, longer profound change and do you feel that that happens now oh yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, amazing. so amazing so beautiful and that's primarily what you what you work with now as a practitioner isn't it I've heard you say that you pretty much now just focus on the compliment channels yeah yeah and I I used to do I used to have a full dispensary and have herbs um like I went back and did a second degree to do the herbs and but acupuncture was always my first love and it was always the thing that, yeah, I felt really called cool to. And then when I heard Anne say, it's his own modality, you don't need anything else, this is it, I was like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. I'm going to try this out. So I actually... Just stop doing herbs, just to see what what results I could get just with the compliment channels. Mm. 
And now, I mean, I've just I've given the dispensary away. I don't have it anymore. I don't hardly think to to use them. I mean, it's sort of comes and goes, but yeah, it's like it's my relationship to that to have has really changed as a result, I suppose. Mm. Mm. That's how you started, right? You started studying just acupuncture because you knew it. Yeah. And then when the teacher arrived and confirmed that, I suppose it was the permission to go, I'm going to lean into what I instinctively knew mm-hmm. and just give it my all. That's great. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that, um, yeah, it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's just that... Uh, we just need all the channels. We just do need all the channels. channels. Just the primary channels is, is a little bit more limited, but if we use all the channels that mm. are available to us, yeah, completely changes. It's it's like only reading like one-fifth of the book, you know. When you have the whole book, it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. And we will get to pulses, but for people listening that might not know what you mean when you say complement channels or the channels besides the primary channels, because anybody that's listening to this that's studying TCM at any Chinese medicine school might not have heard of any other channels except perhaps the eight extraordinary channels. Yeah. Um, maybe tell us just a little bit about what, what are the complement channels? All right. So, <laughs> you know, you can, you can be as brief as you like. It doesn't have to be too extensive. Well, you know, the complement channels are the low channels, the senior channels, um, the divergence and the eight extraordinary channels. And the primary channels are kind of in the middle. Oh, you know, like the, the, in the yin level, the moderate level, you know, they're in the everyday workings. But then there's, there's all these other levels of our being that get addressed by these other channel systems. And so when we use them all, we have, you know, we have this ability to treat a person on all levels. That's how I kind of see it. Yeah. And what is it about the primary channels um, that doesn't actually help us to access the parts of the body when things go perhaps terribly wrong and when you're only using the primary channels and you're doing that circling around that you described before, what is it that the primary channels are not able to do in acupuncture? Well, in my in my opinion, I think, you know, the primary TCM, the way that we practice or it's taught today, is rather a modern approach to Chinese medicine. And um, it, it needs to be in the context of how they practice it in China because in China you, you treat the primary channels but you treat them every day for a period of time. And what that does is it gets the primary channels working so well that they process pathology hmm. um, for you. So, But if, if like in the Western context where we only see people once a week or once a fortnight, the complement channels allow us to um, access that pathology directly, because what happens is the body is going to keep the body keeps the pathology out of the primary channel because it wants to keep it away from the from the the organ systems, and if the pathology enters the primary channel, you know it can get to the organ and cause death. So these complement channels are places and reservoirs where all the pathology gets put to keep it out of there, right? To keep us keep us well. So um, it's like going straight to the source of where it's being held versus, you know, if I get fit enough, I'll be healthy, you know, like if I, if I just do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and eventually I'll be able to get rid of that stuff. Mm. It takes more, you know, more regular treatment um, to do that. It's It doesn't really work in the context of how clinic in Australia works, you know. Mm. That's a really great way of explaining that. And um, I might just add to that, the body in its remarkable wisdom will find ways and places to park things that are problematic, but they build up, right? Yes. Because a lot of the time, a lot of the time, but not it's not the only thing, but our lifestyle choices are uh, creating those problems. <laughs> 
what we're eating, what we're not eating, what we're doing with our energy, what we're doing with our stress levels, where our headspace is at. And so the body will just keep building up all of that stuff until there's nowhere to put it and then it can spill into other places. And we don't ever think about that. We, we're educated to think about health in really interesting ways in Western society. Mm. And often it's, it is, yeah, if you just keep um, overextending yourself physically, doing more workouts, eating less or stripping yourself of calories, that's how you create a healthy body. But that's been completely flipped from what I've been learning in Chinese medicine, classical Chinese medicine, um, which, which also kind of heralds back to wisdom that we've had from generations past. It's simple. Everyone wants a hack. Everyone wants the life hack, but it is actually the simple stuff. Go to bed mm -hmm. early, mm -hmm. get good sleep, eat well, not too much, not too little, but eat real food and eat well that includes fats. <laughs> Make sure the body's hydrated. Make sure that there's joy, connection to joy, and don't overdo it. I'm sure there's probably more you could add to that list. Uh, up here, wear socks and slippers around the house in the wintertime. <laughs> Your scarf. <laughs> yeah. Keep warm. Keep warm. Mm. Yeah. Keep warm. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, what role does the pulse play in this and what's your relationship to pulse taking? And maybe we'll just, mm. we'll just segue in from there. Well, the pulse is such, this, it's such, it's such a mysterious, amazing thing, you know, it's, um, to me, it's that point of contact with, with your patient's energy systems it's that kind of like you kind of make this this little opening that opens up and it's like you get to see inside and see this clear picture of oh, this is this is this is what's here this is what's really within this person like where they're at it's such a privilege and it's such a personal kind of connection the things that we can receive from the pulse people can be quite startled, you know, by that. Yeah. But I kind of see it's almost like an alternate dimension where you kind of enter into this alternate space where you, your two systems meet and and from that you receive a message of where to go today, you know, how's, mm -hmm. how should we help this person today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for people listening that are not sure what we're talking about, we're talking about when a practitioner is feeling the radial artery on the wrist and then, you know, going quiet and probably looking quite intense on their face and you're laying back going, what information are they gathering from feeling my pulse? Patients are so curious about it. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the more that you learn in classical Chinese medicine, the more that dimensional space just keeps opening up and up and up and the more uh, the more finer detail actually flows to you as the practitioner to give you information about what to do on that day is that mm. would you say that's, that's oh, on the point yeah. mm. it's an ever expansive practice i don't know if i'll you know i don't think it's it's not something that you'd ever stop learning about you know because mm. uh, the complexity of humans isn't it is ever ending and and our, our ability to receive changes and like there's so many factors, I suppose. Yeah. In clinic, do you primarily use the pulse as your diagnostic tool? Do you ever make decisions about what to do before you get information from the pulse? All the time. And then I yeah. put it on the shelf and I take the <laughs> pulse. All the time I'm saying to the person, <laughs> I think we're going to do this. But let's just take the pulse and then I go, no, we're not doing that. So, you know, I mean, I try to just, I try to go, oh, yeah, there's these ideas I have. They're nice ideas. Let's see what, what's really going on. Mm. Oh, that's such a powerful thing to say because so, so often when someone's in front of us and they're telling us things and we're, we're putting pieces of the puzzle together, we can be in our heads and going, oh, I know what's going on here. 
this is the problem. We're going to do this and this and this. And you start making a plan. But then when you feel the pulse and you get something entirely different, I know for myself, sometimes I feel the pulse and even just at the beginning place of where I am with learning this, you know, this aspect of ancient medicine, I'll go, oh, I'm getting a really, really clear chow pulse. Could that be right? Mm. It, and I, I have moments of being not sure if I trust to go with that. Mm. What, how did you get through that part? It still happens to me, Karina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just the other week. I had sometimes, you know, I had a patient come in and they had, they had had COVID and after COVID they'd had, they'd had antivirals because um, they're terrified of getting sick, you know, so they had the antivirals and they already had a shoulder injury. And after, anyway, they came in with extreme excruciating pain in their shoulder post-COVID. And the pulse said, die my. That's like, it didn't tell me sinews. It didn't tell me anything, just die my. It's like, you've got to be kidding, right? Like what? <laughs> but I've learned that you just have to trust. It worked. She, the pain immediately went away. Mm. And I don't even, I mean, I can start to kind of make sense of it, but it still is not something that I would have logically come to on my own. So I think if you can put, just step into the unknown, it's like that, there's so much of this medicine is that, right? Just stepping into the unknown, stepping into the void of and trust and just go, this is the guide. This is the pulse is my guide. I'm just going to follow it. And sometimes it's not till the patient comes back and they tell you what's happened, what the mm. change is and how their pulse has changed again. You go, oh, right, that's why I did that. Yeah, okay. And we don't have to know everything, right? We don't have to understand, really. I mean, it's nice to. <laughs> it makes oh. us feel good. Oh. <laughs> our, our ego. But... <laughs> We don't probably, I think that's, yeah, that's so much about this is not understanding, I think. And um, sort of like what you were saying before with just really knowing that acupuncture was for you, that that's where you were going to really land and everything would flourish within that space. I think when I was at school, I just knew that feeling the pulses was extremely important. Mm -hmm. And when you're at school, what you learn about pulses it's just a starter. It's really just to whet your appetite because it's incredibly subjective. You might have one teacher feel a pulse in front of you and tell you a quality about it. They might say, that's wiry. And then someone else will feel it and say, no, that's something else. It's really difficult to know what's what and what you're actually feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then what, what I really love about learning pulses in this classical way is that it's very, very clear even if you might not feel it yet and know what you're feeling, it's laid out in an incredibly clear way, detailed and rich, and it's going to take time. But for me as a, you know, as a new practitioner, I feel like I'm so heady and so structured. For me, it almost feels like a relief to say to myself, trust the pulse, keep getting familiar with the pulse, keep letting the pulse tell you what's going on, get out of your head, don't even think about what you think is wrong with this patient. Just let the pulse tell you, learn the channels and then work with the channel that the pulse tells you to work with. And actually that will be like a holiday. Mm -hmm. I think we, it comes from this idea that the doctor fixes you. This is what we have in the West, you know, you go to the doctor and they fix you and they give you something and, the, and you get better. And there's no, that's not what we do, right? We don't fix people. We don't actually do anything except for open ourselves up as a conduit to receive how we can facilitate something for someone else. So um, the pulse is that gateway, it's that translation system for us to, to receive a message. And the person is doing all the work themselves. Like we're just a catalyst, you know, for that for that change, it's like we can make a suggestion with it, following their spirit, what they want, and then the rest is up to the person. And, you know, I, it's such a hard thing to retrain your patients 
to receive it's like they're like oh you're so amazing it's like no you're doing the work you're amazing good on you well done mm. you'll be open to receive change you know if you weren't willing this wouldn't happen mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything your body's doing That's it. The secret that that is the secret the openness to change and i think that that also takes the pressure off all this heady stuff because if you see it that way this is it's not like you're not going to do something wrong if you're following what you're receiving and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. When you've studied for a really long time, it's such an inversion <laughs> to, to feel and trust because yep. it's just feeling as you go through school that you've got to have it all in here and you've got to stay up in here Uh and you don't really get taught a lot of in, unless you've had phenomenal teachers at school that really sparked that intuitive knowing. There's not a lot of intuitive skill um, taught in school. That was my experience. Mm-hmm. So much of where I'm going now with this classical medicine is about when you feel yourself going up into your head, being full of doubt or wondering if you've learned enough or feeling like you've got to study harder. It's almost like a door just goes, no, that's not the way. Yes, there are things to understand, but if you go into the space with a client and you are in your head frantically scrambling through papers in your brain or whatever, looking for the answer, that's a block. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. And I think the pulse is a meditation and it can help us if we can if we can sink into it and allow ourselves to, to sink into this, this space of, of feeling and receiving, then we can get out of our heads, you know, and it, help, it helps. It's almost as if the practice of the pulse is a, is a practice for helping us with the rest of the medicine. So, yeah. yeah I love that. I love that. Mm. For people listening, and I know that pulses, talking about pulses could become two days worth of sharing information more because there's different levels and there's different qualities and there's different ways of moving through the pulse with your fingers to get information and there are pulses that you won't find straight away. But I'm just wondering if you might want to walk us through a little bit of like the practice of feeling the pulses or even just some interesting things about the pulses that might um, be helpful for people who are just going, I can't feel pulses. I, I don't know if that's ever going to be part of my practice and um, yeah. Well, you know, it never really was. Well, it was for me, but I think because I, you know, like most people who go through the university system in Australia, um, we come out with not, not a really clear um way of doing like knowing what we're doing I didn't know really I felt always felt like I didn't know what I was doing even after 10 years of practice I was like there's so much more to this and this is like so I don't know (laughs) you know but I think I'm going off track but I think what um I learned through that was just that's what taught me to just feel because it's like I would receive messages through just having that contact and, and re- being open to receive. Um, and it, um, it might not necessarily be what was under my fingers, you know. It would be mm-hmm. like, a, like a channeling, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was, it's wonderful to have that. And I think most people receive that once they start practising the pulses anyway. <clears throat> or once they start practising the medicine, actually. Mm. We all do it in the treatment room. We just don't know we're doing it. Yeah. So but- something that I'll, I'll, I can just add something in there. Um, what I felt really useful for myself was just if I was feeling the pulse and if the pulse had a personality or an emotion or an energy, what would that be? And that mm. would give me a really big clue as to how the patient was feeling. So if they were really stressy or in pain <clears throat> or agitated or they've been racing around all morning I'd be able to reflect back to them 
what might have been going on or if the pulse felt really relaxed versus weeks gone by, I might be able to reflect that back to them and they'll say, yeah, I am really calm today or yeah, I got some terrible news this morning and I've been really anxious about it. And even if I couldn't clearly discern what's happening in different levels or what is the spleen organ doing, that at least felt like a great overall way of connecting to the feelings that were in there. And sometimes that's all I would go with. I'd go, well, there's a lot of agitation here. So we're just going to do some calming work. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. It can be really simple. You know, it's like all things Chinese medicine. You can keep it. Like there's these simple, beautifully elegantly simple things, you know, parts of it. And then there's infinitely complexity. (laughs) And, And I, you know, they're not, not, they're not, one's not better than the other. I think over time we can explore all those complexities. But yeah. I think probably the most, one of the biggest eye-openers for me when I did pulses with Anne was the full depth of the pulse. So just 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 going from taking your fingers even just like above the skin to approaching the skin and slowly pushing down and going through all those layers and then getting to the point where you're about midway and you can feel like the radial artery pumping quite strongly and then going through that and then going, like just feeling like this change in the terrain as you go down and approach the bone and realising that that's how far down it goes because, you know, <laughs> that's not what I knew beforehand. And... Um, and then coming back up again, you know, just just practicing that and just feeling into those those places and how they're different from each other and wow. and and even feeling like when you feel from the top down to the bone, you know, you're feeling those channels, those way channels, the yin channels, the yuan channels, and you're feeling how the energy of those feel under your fingers, which is how it feels when you treat the channels too, right? Yeah. 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 That's a really simple starting point. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Because uh, sometimes people sometimes people just want the big feeling and you might only get that big feeling initially when you're very close to the artery and you're pressing into the artery and you're like, oh, now I can feel something. But the it's very subtle but actually as you get in touch with the subtle the subtle becomes gross so i have heard you say that sometimes when you're treating sinews which is the more superficial place in the body that you could be resting your fingers on the skin and the pulse is already sort of jumping up into your fingers before you've even really begun any descent Mm. and there can be so much happening right up there yeah absolutely Mm. it's like Something's something's pushing out from the surface. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, and even even just feeling where it's where what's calling your attention the most as you go down through those layers. Often, you know, there'll be there'll be nothing, 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 and all the information will be at one level and be like, okay, I'm really being guided to go to that level. Yeah. Let's focus the treatment there. That's the information that they're wanting to give me today. Mm. Um, Yeah. I've been particularly fascinated with the hidden pulses. Mm. Um, Maybe because at this stage they have felt, for me personally, the easiest ones to encounter or the easiest ones to recognise. I feel like I've been able to, like, drop my anchor there at this point in my learnings and and get a lot of information there that feels clear and repeatable and um Mm -hmm. astounding too that you that you could feel all the way through and sort of get get nothing and go okay what's happening here and hidden pulses are where you go all the way down to the bone and with a lot of pressure occlude the pulse entirely and then lift off slowly until they pop up and then press back down and and then there's the information there, which feels like deep sea diving. I just love it. Not that I'm a diver, but the yeah. the metaphor that I like is deep sea diving. Well, it really is, right? 
It is it's going down into the to the gene, to the essence of, of the person. Yeah. And seeing if they yeah, what's happening there. Yeah, hidden pulses are very cool. <laughs> very been, cool. Mysterious, like that whole beautiful metaphor of Chong being this like sea of mysteries, this you know, the sea of so many seas are in the Chong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sort of amorphous kind of mysterious space. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. <clears throat> One of the things I heard you say recently that I loved is that, and you sort of touched on it before, is that the the pulse taught you how to treat, or the pulse has the pulse has taught you about not only the pulse but about how to practice mm. and i thought that was such a wonderful thing to say because you've had those moments where you've had an idea and then you've gone in and listened and been open and a certain channel has said hi <laughs> here's here's where here's where we need to be or here's where i'm asking you to to come and facilitate something for this person and even though it might be a surprise you've gone there and then that's and then maybe have you have you then gone back to say some notes and books and almost like reverse engineered your way out and gone oh that's how that facilitated that oh great so that means there's a possibility that this particular class of channels can support this particular scenario oh i, I wouldn't have come to that conclusion myself absolutely Hmm. absolutely taught me like that yeah and yeah. sometimes like I say it's when they come back and they tell you what's happened from the treatment that it, it all starts to land it's like uh, oh right okay because that facilitates the release of all that phlegm or that facilitates this or that so yes it's like this beautiful this beautiful um relationship between the pulses and the channels and it's well I suppose they're they're actually the one thing really um you know energetically and so that they have this back and forth so um the pulses will guide me to the channels and then the channels um you treat the channels and then you take the pulse and then you see how the pulse changes and then it's you know mm. back I think that's one of the best things, the most crucial thing that I learned from five element acupuncture was to keep checking the pulse. So, you know, to take it at the beginning, to take it after you put the needles in, to take it at the end, or even maybe mm. more so in between. And that was like, oh, wow. Then you can see what you're doing and how it's changing and what, mm. what effect it's having and, you know. Mm -hmm this like a feedback tool feedback tool it's a great description because otherwise um how do you know what's happening that's it yeah i think that's really great advice and i think um for people that are still really figuring out what am i actually feeling i don't even i'm feeling something but i don't have the language yet to put words to it but there's a thing here that i have felt before this is a familiar feeling but i'm just not quite sure how to categorize it yet to be able to just ask yourself, all right, well, is that feeling still there after I've put the needles in? And if it is, well, that, that could be something. And then if it isn't, okay, well, that has changed now. There's a learning there that doesn't necessarily have um, terms, terms and words yet, but it's a, 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 body, a body learning. And I think that's really helpful. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that you know that's it's a practice of acupuncture, right? <laughs> it's not, we're always learning, always, hmm. always learning. Like yeah, I've been practicing twenty one years, and I'm still still learning every time I'm in the clinic. Wow. And um, I think we really, you know, when we stay in our heads, we don't. Acupuncture works through the body. <laughs> Right, and the change happens, you know, all levels through the body, but also through the energy systems. And how do we feel energy? It's through our body. So there's so much information that's not here, you know. Mm. It's that we feel here, that we feel through our hands, that 
um, when we're sitting with someone, we can feel their emotion in our body, and we can, that can be a guide. Like, oh, yeah. I can if I if I connect to the feeling that that they're feeling, and feed it back to them. That's a huge healing tool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, and I say that to people. Oh, it's as if there's this huge weight on your shoulders. Is that right? And they like burst into tears and go, yes. <laughs> and that allows it to be, you know, that's the treatment too, you know. Yeah, I'm going off track, but yeah. That's great. I love it. It's free It's free flowing. Do you ever feel the channel uh, in your body reflecting the channel of the patients? Yeah. So especially since since I've been like, since I did started doing remote treatments, I think mm-hmm. that definitely uh, does that. I mean, most what so what I'll feel is when I'm activating their channel, I can activate it activates in me, or sometimes when I'm working with their body, I'll get a sensation in my body, and I'll think. Oh, it's actually blocked there and when I go to them or ask them yes they're experiencing that so mm-hmm. I suppose it's it's part of that Venn diagram of when mm-hmm. we when we join we, we come to connect our energy systems that's where the information comes back and forth yeah pulse but also just mm. on the ethers in our bodies yeah and since you mentioned it, um, tell us a little bit about remote treatments in the realm of acupuncture. How does mm-hmm. that work? I know. When I first heard about it, I was like, what? That's great. <laughs> How can you give acupuncture without needles? I mean, it's <laughs> at that time, I'd been already experimenting, <laughs> my poor patients, experimenting with um. <laughs> with activating the channels without needles anyway so I was like oh yeah so yes and I suppose when you're working with energy um, it doesn't have to be uh, it can be directed by your mind it doesn't have to be directed you know it doesn't have to be in a, a physical experience like in the physical body um, and what I usually do, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a, a one way to do this. I think it's just sort of like you figure out how it works for you. And I, uh, but basically what you're doing is you're extending your, your, your way field towards where the person is. And I usually imagine that they're in the room with me. I'll actually be at work and I'll, I'll imagine that they're on my table mm-hmm. and they'll imagine that I'm in the room with them where they are and that enables us to connect through time and space. And it's a different process because there isn't a pulse necessarily. Well, there's not a pulse. It's a different kind of connection. It's a different way of gathering information. It could be more based on their language on, you know, what's happening for that sort of thing. And then I will, I will like pretend, (laughs) I suppose, pretend, (laughs) imagine (laughs) that I'm, I'm, I'm placing needles along the pathway and that I'm activating it. And then I just, and I hold that field open and, and I go in and feel through that field and, just see what happens like it's again it's another one of those experiences where you just have to jump off the cliff and just Mm. trust that what happens will be perfect yeah just don't know what's going to happen with a remote treatment they're kind of exciting in that way (laughs) and um yeah just all this information can come through when you're doing that um yeah, things move and change. Awareness, they'll, they'll feel the channel activate in their body. They'll feel things moving and changing. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. 
Incredible. And do you take pulses remotely? Magical. I I haven't I haven't done that yet. (laughs) It is it is possible. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Everything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I can't remember where I heard it. I can't remember if it was someone talking about remote treatments in the classical medicine realm or if it was something else, but I heard someone talking about different customs and different traditions and how they practice remote healing. And one example was prayer. One mm-hmm. example was people gathering and praying for somebody, you know, say, say a congregation have come to mass in a Catholic church and they're praying for somebody who's unwell. That's a remote healing. And I thought, yeah. oh, of course, you know, all sorts of people have been doing remote healings forever. It just seems uh, it, 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 the, mind, <laughs> the mind expands when you consider that acupuncture could be given without uh, a physical needle being put in your body with someone who's standing next to your body. Yep. I think to me, we've tried so hard since, well, you know, 20 years ago when I started practicing, when I started going to university to study acupuncture, people were like, what's that? Does that even work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I would hate bringing it up. I would try to avoid talking to people about it because it was just, it was so awkward, you know. But now, but we tried so hard to to be, to be feel valid and to feel like it, what we do is a thing and it's real and it works and it helps people. And we've tried to be like legitimized, you know, through Western medicine and all of that. And so we've slowly, slowly, it's like, oh, shamanic stuff. Oh, that's not acupuncture. <laughs> we don't want to be associated with that sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> and, um, but that's the roots of our medicine, you know, that's, that's where it came from. That's, that's the heart of it. Yes. And I think globally, on a whole, not just not just to do with Chinese medicine, but globally as a as a people, we're starting to turn turn back towards you know those traditions that turn back towards the people you know indigenous peoples and their cultures and how they have connection with life, with nature, with each other, you know. Mm. And we're starting to see that in a new light. And I think so. It's all time, you know. It's all it's this time that we to, to rediscover all these things and to. And to to say, you know, yes, this and this, you know, you can do this and this, and it's all here and it's all valid and it's all real. Mm. Yeah. And the shamanic roots aspect is uh, a beautiful one to remember because I think even when you're in the treatment room, something that is powerfully being um, reiterated over and over again is that even if you physically are in a room as a practitioner, you're your mental state, your presence, your intention, your, um, your, the clarity in which you are there with what's happening is the, the potency of, of the session. Because if you're not present and if you're of absent mind and if you're in a doubting space or if you don't believe that this patient can accept the invitation to change or whatever it is, whatever those kinds of things are that creep in, that can, that can present um, like an impasse. And, and whether you're there physically or you're there remotely, that's, this is what I'm currently understanding is that's where the, that's where the power is, mm. is in the mind space, the intent, the intent in which you bring to the person. Oh, absolutely. Where intention goes, energy follows right yeah like that's it it's really simple yeah and it can be really and probably the simpler and the clearer the intention the more powerful too you know Um, yeah uh, yeah absolutely and and sometimes the session will be you know the intention is cracking open a window to believe that things could change. I set that as homework to this 65-year-old country guy the other day. I was like, (laughs) like, could you be free of back pain? And he was like, oh, 
but I've always had it. I don't know. Uh, not sure. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, it's your homework. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, it's your homework. I want you to find a way. I want you to see if you can find the possibility that it could be different. And he was like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I know that you have a really great relationship to Qigong. No, Did yeah. you find that the practice of Qigong has amplified your ability to feel and sense, particularly with things like taking pulses and more energetic information coming through? Have those two things been connected? Yeah, for sure. I think, again, like it's, um, it's the practice of being present, right? what it brings you and and also you know uh, a clarity to my own energy field um uh like a, a cleansing that you're doing periodically to try and keep to keep to keep clear and, and and keep grounded and and centered so that you can be really clear with your intention mm. um, yep i have had the opposite problem i think most of my life I've been very, very, very sensitive and Qigong's helped me to, to, to manage my sensitivity. So, you know, I mean, most practitioners um, are empaths, you know, like I don't think any, it'd be weird if you weren't really, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, but that, that's been something that I've, you know, I've actually had to, for me it's actually been about, like holding it back and 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 regulating when I feel it and when I don't, and um, having better energetic boundaries and man learning to manage them. Yeah. Those. Mm -hmm. And so, and Qigong's been just life changing in that for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. to know it's mine or it's not mine. Um, yeah, to to try and 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 keep my nervous system in you know more more balanced, and so that can make me more and more present. And then, when the more present I am, the more I can differentiate that. You know, the more I can say, or you know, often happens in treatments. You know, or a consult somebody's story activates your own story and to go, oh, I can feel what's happening for them and I can feel what's happening for me and we're going to work through this together, you know, yeah. uh, almost, yeah, we're healing that together or not bringing it, you know, like it's there's still, there's still a, a fence between. But just all that feeling stuff. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I've answered your question, but. Oh, you have. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, so I suppose it's for me, it's yeah. the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's sort of, it almost sounds like Qigong can be a tool or whatever someone's self-cultivation tool is, is a tool to sort of help them find a more even keel between whether there's big, wide, open sensitivity and not being sure where your edges are and how to contain them. And also having your edges really thick and tight and being able to crack them open to feel more. And, and also it sounds like it's been great to help you just regulate or self-regulate in moments where everything gets really blurry or mm. someone's field and your field gets really, can get really murky and you're not quite sure how to have a healthy seal so that you can actually get out of the room and not get caught in or caught up in their things that come up. Absolutely. And great. They often find me in the hallways shaking, shaking. Take <laughs> <laughs> <Shake> it up. Yeah. Taylor <laughs> Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone kind of finds their thing, isn't it? Whether it's you know, a bit of sage in between each patient or take your shoes off in between clients and go outside, stand on the grass or whatever it might be. But it's, yeah, it, it, it's a necessary part of working in this way. 
whatever it is that you find to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So this year you've, um, you've done a couple of uh, workshops, which has been brilliant. I, I was there at the, the low workshop that you did earlier this year. We're filming this in 2023, which was just extraordinary. You are such a wonderful teacher. And I am so grateful that you live so close to me because it means I have this wonderful um, connection that's there with someone who is, has been on this path for longer. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to you. And then you've got other workshops coming up this year, or they might have passed already by the time this episode airs. But I, may, I might be putting you on the spot here. So, <laughs> does it feel like that's um, does it feel like that's something that there might be more of coming from yeah. Johanna? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'll keep Again, stringing. Um, um, I think I might do one more this year. Um, mm -hmm. I've sort of seemed to be getting into this sort of like this pattern emerging and maybe doing one a quarter kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> um, life's pretty full with teaching to go and running the practice and kids and all that. So I try not to, you know, try to make it manageable at the same yeah. time. Um, there's, I just had this, I just have this experience often when I'm sharing the medicine, it's just like my heart, my heart opens and it becomes as big as the world. And it's just like the most beautiful experience. And um, if it feels that good, you know, like you want to keep doing it. So, <laughs> mm. Well, it feels like that on the receiving end as well. So it's the oh, spirit's <laughs> working, working with you and through you. So it's wonderful. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. something that I, Ever I would do, mm. but it's such an, it's just the medicine, this medicine is so important and I really, I mean, it sounds really wanky, but I believe it can change the world. I really do. And I just want more and more people to get, to get in contact with it and to experience it and to practice it. Because imagine if like there's all these clinics all over the, all over Australia, all over Victoria and the world and we're all doing this work and we're helping people shine. I mean, mm. I mean, that's going to change. It's going to change everything. So good. It feels like there's a huge wave of it moving through Melbourne. This Ooh. is where I live and you're just outside of Melbourne. Yeah, the, the interest in it and people coming to workshops to learn about it, it's, it's something has just shot up in the recent, in the last couple of years and all of a sudden, yeah, a lot of people are leaning in, which is very exciting. Super exciting. Super Wonderful. exciting. And yeah. if people wanted to get in touch with you or find out, and we can include these things in the notes, if people wanted to join your mailing list or if they wanted to um, jump on your website and look at look and see when things are coming up. Um, yeah, I can probably just include that in the notes with hyperlinks so people can click onto that. But is there anything coming up that you, that you, what are your thoughts about what you might be doing this year? Or is it too early to say? Um, no, um, so I'm, I'm running a Pulse workshop in a couple of weeks' time um, in June. And then I haven't quite got a date yet for later this year, but I'm thinking maybe September, October. Mm -hmm. Um, for a seniors workshop. Mm, great. Gosh, yeah. we've been so spoiled covering so many of the compliment yeah. channels this year with different people coming to Melbourne. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this has been fabulous. Is there anything else that you feel like you might want to add or share about pulses? Any little, maybe like, I don't know, a little word of encouragement for people going, this all sounds amazing. Oh, how do I... How do I get how do I get my foot in the door with pulses? How do I how do I start, you know, getting access to this? Well, well, they could buy Anne's book, the Dunning mm. Pulses book. That's a very, very good book. And it's yeah. incredibly comprehensive. And it's I didn't think you could learn pulses from a book, but She's done a really good job of putting it in a book. Mm. <laughs> That's a really great resource. The um, diagrams are amazing. Yeah, and mm. beautiful paintings. Um, also kind of convey the energy of what 
you want to be feeling. So that's a great resource. Um, find a practitioner that you resonate with. And, I mean, really that's how they traditionally were taught is that, you know, in an apprenticeship arrangement where you would, you know, they would take the pulse and then you would take the pulse and they would tell you, you know, you would work. So you'd receive from them what they're feeling and then you would feel it. And I think having a mentor and someone you can work with is, is so invaluable and it's sort of, it is the tradition of how it was taught, you know. Um, well, actually, I mean, Jeffrey learned pulses from his grandfather, he was his teacher, and his grandfather would just do qigong. He would do qigong and he would, this is a tight pulse, and he would take his pulse and then he would do qigong and that. This is a choppy pulse. <laughs> so that's how you learned. Which is wild. <laughs> so wild. But I mean, for a lot of other people, it would be when the patient comes in and they take the pulse. So I think the tried and true is a pretty good way of doing. And if, if you're wanting to learn the complement channels, there's, there are more and more practitioners popping up around Victoria um, and New South Wales and, um, you know, and I think now northern New South Wales is like spreading, spreading <laughs> Queensland. Yeah, it is. It's great. Oh, that's all really helpful. I'm sure people are going to listen to this and feel inspired and encouraged and um, curious, if nothing else, about what are all these other channels I've never heard of and what they can do. So this has been fabulous. Well, Thank so you so much, Johanna. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Mm, okay, I'm sure we'll connect soon. And thanks so much for listening and watching today, everybody. We'll just might call it a day here. Okay, see you later. <laughs>